Okay, this should be better. So I have a lot of appreciation for how many bodies might be feeling right now, which might be tired, hot, a little sluggish, the afternoon haze. So my invitation to you is to sit as comfortably as you would like. And that's even going to be going against the hall etiquette. So if you would like to lay down, you can, as long as you're still listening. (laughs) So if you can't listen while lying down, then stay uh, upright. But if you can, then I'm... I'm really okay with that. It's it's fine for right now. Because a big part of this um, practice, these heart practices, these Brahma Vihara practices, are allowing ourselves to be tender and kind to ourselves. So if your body is feeling tortured, <laughs> that's not the best way to start that relationship, right? So I want to start this by saying that um, I'm going to get somewhat personal here, and I want to share some of my own experiences as a gateway to possible understanding for others around the metta practice. I had been practicing for about 10 years, heard about metta in that time, and decided that it was absolutely not something I was going to do. Metta felt flowery and mushy, and actually quite contrary to um, my newfound atheistic belief in my Buddhist practice. I had come from Catholicism. I had come from Hinduism. I had come from a few Native American practices. I had been a long time um, seeker. And one of the things that I was leaving in those practices was this idea that um, God was Santa Claus. (laughs) You know, that I could wish for, ask for things and they would happen. Um, I was leaving this idea that um, a prayer or a wish was going to be answered because I didn't actually believe it. I had been hurt enough and I'd hurt myself enough to feel like um, that wasn't so. And so when I came to the Buddhist practice about 12 years ago um, and I heard about metta, it felt like an extension of some of those practices to me. And so I rejected it. And I felt like mindfulness and the four foundations and, and the four noble truths was all I needed. I was just going to go in and be pragmatic. And I didn't want to actually say, may I be anything. <laughs> and
And I certainly didn't want to say, may you be anything, right? So I felt like I wasn't deserving, and I felt like nobody else was deserving um, of happiness or safety or care or freedom. But I really dug like the parts of the practice that were just like, oh yeah, let me see the truth, let me see the truth, let me see the truth. There is suffering. I dug that. That worked for me. Until I had a teacher say, if you want to continue with me as a teacher, you need to try out um, metta. (laughs) And so um, I liked this teacher enough to say I'd try it. And, and the, the uh, agreement was that I would try it for three months and that I would do it every day for three months. And so I um, rebelliously went into that agreement. And without getting into too much story, because there's a lot of story to tell, but um, what I found in the first week or so was that there was no way I could accept the practice. Because I was supposed to be doing metta for myself. And there was no way that I, somebody who had caused so, many, so much harm to others and who had caused so much harm to myself, could actually deserve to be happy. I didn't deserve it. So, um, yeah, self-love was a, a doubtful love. But I kept going because it was a, I'm a, a little bit of a rule follower at the same as I'm rebellious. <laughs> like I have, I have both sides to me. So I kept going with it. And uh, the rejection kept coming. The numbness was strong. My heart was blocked. Has anybody else had that experience with metta? Yeah, it's real. I don't know that we're actually taught that so much, you know, how to love ourselves. A lot of um, us are taught how to uh, nurture others or maybe serve others or, you know, show up in that way. But the self-love piece is really an interesting piece. So what I did realize through this um, process was that why I couldn't give myself love was because I, like I said, I'd harmed, I'd caused a lot of harm to myself and other people. And that actually what I needed to do was to forgive myself. And I hadn't done that. So the forgiveness practice for me was the predecessor to metta. And that's what I want to share today. For those of you who have no problem loving yourself, (sighs) like so many deep bows to you. You're lucky, you're fortunate, and that's beautiful. And I want to thank your parents for that. (laughs) I want to thank your parents, your friends, and whatever culture and society you grew up in. 
<laughs> and for those of us who didn't have that nurturing and understanding, I'm going to share this practice with you and um, hope that it's of value. So the forgiveness practice uh, looks in three different directions. It looks in the direction of how have I harmed others? How have I harmed myself? And how have others harmed me? I'm not going to ask for hand raises, but I'm wondering if anybody um, doesn't fall in one of those categories. Again, you can leave, actually. You can leave and go do whatever the heck you want on this whole retreat, (laughs) if that's true. But usually, um, one, of my, one of my favorite teachers is Caroline Mace. I don't know if you know who she is, but she said, you know, somebody is in therapy because of you, right? It's like, <laughs> so often we're like, I have to pay $150 an hour because this person messed me up. But the reality is, <laughs> it probably goes both ways. We just might not know it or accept it. (laughs) So, how have I harmed others? How have I harmed myself? And how have others harmed me? It's big, it's powerful. And, it, and oftentimes we can be, our whole lives can be led by that. You know, if I did a survey around the room about what you brought into this retreat with you or what's come up, you know, those memories that were 30 years ago, and you're like, why, why is that coming up now? You know, how is that person here? How much of your retreat time has been spent, been spent on regret? a remorse, right? Or an argument with somebody else. I've spent many retreats saying, you know, this is not a twofer. Like, I did not pay for two people to come on this retreat. I paid for one person. (laughs) But somehow, there's always somebody else with me. (laughs) They just, like, caught, caught the ride. So forgiveness... Forgiveness. What does that look like? What is that even? I read a few um, things that Martin Luther King Jr. had to say about it, you know, because he was the king of forgiveness in so many ways that are so beautiful. Um, Here, I just want to read a few things that I wrote down. We must recognize that the evil deed of the enemy slash neighbor, the thing that hurts, never quite expresses all that they are. An element of goodness may be found even in the worst enemy. Each of us has something of a schizophrenic personality, tragically divided against ourselves. A persistent civil war rages within all of our lives. Also, we must not seek to defeat or humiliate the enemy, but to win their friendship and understanding. 
at times we are able to humiliate our worst enemy. Inevitably, this weak moment comes and we are able to thrust in his side the spear of defeat. But this must not do. Every word and deed must contribute to an understanding with the enemy and release those vast reservoirs of goodwill which have been blocked by impenetrable walls of hate. So I I only read that to say, like, what are we bringing with us that blocks our hearts? What are we bringing with us that blocks our minds? What are these hindrances that won't allow the full opening? Right? And the word love has such complex and complicated connotations. You know, it's, so we're not talking about romantic love here. We're talking about this idea of if we were parented totally right, what would unconditional love look like? What would that look like? Unconditional love. And so how I've needed to word it for myself is, you know, instead of love, I need to word it as friendliness and care. This quivering of the heart, it's also called. So um, I'm going to ask you now to maybe just, you know, recall in some way that your heart is blocked. Your heart will not allow this, you know, word we call love to soften it. If it feels numb in any way, totally normal. Like you're you're okay. <laughs> but we as humans on this planet have conditions and causes and humans and society and culture and history that have sort of clobbered us, you know, hasn't necessarily allowed for us to be free to love, to feel friendly, to care. When I was in this exploration um, of trying to decide how metta would work for me and why it wouldn't, I was reading a lot of the suttas and trying to find where metta even was in the Buddhist paradigm. And it's not in a lot of places. You know, there's the metta sutta. And then in the Vasudhimaga, which was written about 500 years after the Parinibbana of the Buddha, there's more written about the about metta and i was trying to find why i should do it because i still wasn't totally convinced right like i needed a better reason um than the feel-good possibilities and so as i was reading the vasudhimaga i read there are 11 benefits of metta and i want to share them with you and then you can decide if you want to continue with this practice or not 
So one of them is that you fall asleep easier. So those of you who (laughs) are insomniacs, as I am, that's a good reason. You, You have sweet dreams. I've talked to a few of you here who have had nightmares on this retreat, so maybe, maybe some meta will help. You wake easily. Animals will love you. <laughs> so the deer and the turkeys on this retreat might follow you around the property. People will love you. You will have a clear complexion. You'll have good concentration. You'll be protected from harm by the devas. So the chanting with Greg might also do that, but Metta does that. Fire, poison, and weapons cannot touch you. What do you think of that one? (laughs) I thought that was a good one for right now. You will die peacefully. And you'll be heading, when you do die, you'll head for the Brahma worlds. So when I read the 11 benefits of metta, is when I decided, okay, I'll give it a shot. Only for the clear complexion. I didn't care about any of the other stuff. (laughs) I guess I care if animals love me too. So I want to share with you the forgiveness practice as a way, if needed, to access the metta practice. Because like I said, when the heart is unburdened, then we can um, be freer to love. The forgiveness practice does not condone in any way um, harm that people have done. So this practice does not say, because sometimes when we're doing the forgiveness practice, we all of a sudden feel like, oh, that person that really hurt me, I actually kind of love them again. You know, like my heart feels so free and maybe I should call them, maybe I should send them an email, maybe a letter. This practice does not say that um, it's time to get into contact again with people that have really caused you harm. What it's saying is we are releasing our own hearts and minds from the burden and the harm that has been caused. It is not saying I'm welcoming the person back into my home, back into my heart. At some point, that might be possible, but this is not what the practice is offering right now. Um, Know that it doesn't happen quickly. You know that it's okay to take time and slowly allow yourself to soften, possibly to past hurts and harms from others, from yourself, towards others. Right, so it's not like the next five minutes, it's done. (laughs) If only. Forgiveness is not weak or naive. Right? So, 
the ability to say, I forgive does not mean that, um, you're not a wise or strong person. Again, what it's saying is you are liberating your own heart. This has nothing to do with the person that might be at the other side or on the other end. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, maybe so. <laughs> Trying to keep your eyes open. <laughs> so I actually want to ask if there are any questions before we start the practice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good question. Because actually in the Vasudhi Maga, it says no. It says no for all metta, all metta, not for dead people, which is interesting. Is that, yeah. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to counter that right now because we can do what, we can do what's needed. (laughs) We're giving ourselves permission because if your heart and mind, right, is really deeply burdened by maybe an act from others or towards yourself, let's free that. Let's work on that. And there's no reason why that's not okay. Actually, no. It's just oh, oftentimes in, in, in the commentaries and the suttas, it doesn't say, there's, it doesn't say why. It just says. <laughs> um, other people here who are more skilled at it might know than me. I'm looking at Greg. Do you? Why not dead people? Well, my understanding is that that applies to not so much the forgiveness, but to love and kindness practice. And it specifically has to do with developing uh, jhana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Again, there's not a why. <laughs> but forgiveness is actually not in, yeah, isn't, yes. Yes, absolutely. My apologies. Please forgive me. <laughs> yes, I mean to. The question was, can we ask for forgiveness or work on forgiveness with somebody who's deceased? Yes. Right. How we work with that, right. So again, I want to reiterate over and over again, and I probably can't say this enough, that this practice is for our hearts and minds, And it is not to condone anything another person does. So when we're doing this, because oftentimes, you know, if we've been shamed or blamed or hurt by another person, we can take it on ourselves, right? Like we can feel like we are the cause or we deserve it or we are unworthy. And what this practice allows us to do is to... um, not have to feel that shame, blame, or unworthiness. We're good. We are good enough. We deserve love. 
We deserve to be free of any causes that other people might be suffering from. And so we'll talk about this in the, as I'm going through the practice. But one of the things, if other people have caused us harm, many times it's because they themselves are suffering. They themselves are in pain. They themselves are in delusional or lacking wisdom. And that's why the, it happens, right? So to that, this is, you know, I'm, this is a gift and a practice for us in this room and nobody else, right? So let's give ourselves that gift and eventually and hopefully other people will benefit from our practice, but for today and right now, um, let's see what our hearts can do and accept. Thank you. It was a good question. Appreciate it. I mean, this really could be a full Dharma talk, and I'm realizing that time just, we don't have that kind of time. So I'm trying to abbreviate, but there's, there's a lot to it. You know, there really is a lot to it. And we're humans walking on this planet, bumping into other humans, and inevitably we harm and, and we get harmed, right? Yes. The first precept of not killing. Mm-hmm. How does it relate? Well, no, that's it's it's kind of perfect, right? Because when I would when I think about the first precept, it's how have I caused harm to another living being, right? And so, if we intentionally keep causing harm to other living beings, I I just read this in um, in uh, a knowledge. Analio, I don't know if some of you know who he is, but wrote, just wrote a book on compassion and emptiness. And one of my favorite lines in there is that if we have compassion, then we are not harming others. A heart that lacks compassion can harm. So in this regard, as far as forgiveness, if we have allowed ourselves to continually cause harm to other living beings, then we have... Our forgiveness practice is important for us to move forward, for us to, for us to have a, a clear heart, right? Um, there's something else I was thinking that I blanked out on that. One of the things I know about my forgiveness practice, and it, it plays on that, is if I, I can forgive myself if I actually commit to not doing the act again. Right? So if I am continually causing harm to others, it's really hard to forgive myself because I don't believe myself. So my commitment has always been to actually allow my heart to forgive myself, if I'm looking at how I have caused harm to others or how I've caused harm to myself, is that I will make the commitment not to cause that harm anymore. So there was even a silverfish in my shower today, even. I turned on my, my shower, and the silverfish came out of the drain. Like, I would not have known it was there, right? So I had to turn the shower off, get a piece of tissue, 
take the silverfish out, put it to the side, and then continue with my shower. <laughs> so I don't know if that answers your question, but you know, there's this process is that there, the forgiveness is sort of the rear view. That's if we're looking in the rear view. And then the action forward, the first precept is how we move forward, not causing harm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And just a, just a tiny reminder, because I'm a little bit of a precept walla, is that the precepts are never meant to be turned on anyone else. The precepts are always for our own personal awakening and um, growth. So that's, a, that's kind of an aside, but... Um. Okay, so who's ready to try this practice of forgiveness? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. So allowing your body to um, find as much ease and comfort as you can. And with all the talking and conversation, just seeing if you can re-remember the body. Re-landing in the form. And I'm going to ask you to just for a few moments allow your belly to soften. And just receiving each inhale, allowing the belly to expand as big as it needs to and contract. And just seeing if this part of your physical being can soften Sometimes it can, sometimes it can't. Whatever it can do is fine. And then allowing that softening to move up into your chest area. And noticing where there might be holding or tightening and letting that be okay. But just seeing how much space you can create. And we're going to start with forgiveness from others through ways that we may have caused harm 
Who have we hurt? Maybe knowingly or unknowingly. Maybe we have betrayed or abandoned. Maybe we've lied to. And just recognizing that out of our own pain, our own fear, maybe anger or confusion, that we have caused harm. And maybe just one person arises, maybe, maybe more, maybe many. And to the degree that it feels safe and comfortable and wise, just allowing yourself to ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. I have caused harm out of ignorance, out of delusion out of fear, out of confusion. I ask for forgiveness. Please forgive me. And whether that feels authentic or true or real, it's really up to you. There are many ways that I have hurt and harmed others, have betrayed or abandoned them, caused them suffering, either knowingly or unknowingly, out of our own pain, our own fear, our own anger, our own confusion. I ask for forgiveness. Just allowing that to be there in any way that feels right. 
And maybe it's something to come back to again. But we're going to move on to asking forgiveness for ourselves and how we may have caused ourselves harm. And just the idea is that there are many ways that I may have hurt or harmed myself, that I may have abandoned or betrayed myself. Maybe through an action or a word or a thought. Sometimes we just harm ourselves by telling ourselves that we're not worthy. Just allowing yourself to feel any sorrow or burden or heaviness that might be in your heart for things that you've done in the past, maybe long in the past, but that have not allowed you to move forward in either love or relationship or in any, many other ways. So just repeating for the ways I have hurt myself through action or maybe inaction out of fear or pain or confusion. And then just allowing the sentiment, I forgive myself. I forgive myself. for all of the ways I may have abandoned or betrayed myself. I forgive myself. Again, this is a practice that can take a lot of time and we're not looking for a fast crack here. Just allowing the possibility all the years that we haven't been there for ourselves, that we've lied to ourselves, that we've betrayed ourselves, that we've abandoned ourselves. May I forgive myself. And then the one that 
can tend to be the most difficult and sticky. And again, this is a practice that takes time. It's not about today. But forgiveness for those who have hurt or harmed you. There are many ways that you have been harmed by others, either abused or abandoned, knowingly or unknowingly. Maybe people that you actually trusted a lot, that you would hope would protect you and hold you. And yet out of their own fear, or ignorance, or confusion, or pain. They've caused you harm. And just remembering those ways. And only to the extent that you are ready is not forced, but offering forgiveness to those who may have harmed you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And just seeing what those, that phrase feels like. I forgive you. And knowing that's totally normal to maybe have the heart shut down even further, for the heart to feel pain and sadness. So again, to the extent that feels right and safe and healthy for you, saying to this person that may have caused you harm, I forgive you. One of these three directions might stand out more to you. How I have harmed another, how I have harmed myself, how others have harmed me. Just take the next few moments. Spending time on the one that you feel the most connected to, if any. I forgive me, please forgive me, or I forgive you.
I hope that was of some value. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a dear practice to me because until I actually did the forgiveness practice, I couldn't do the metta practice. Um, it's also not an easy one. You know, sometimes we just check out because it's, we're not even close to being able to forgive, and that's totally okay. So do what feels right for you. Um, are there any questions um, about that now? Yes, please. Oh, thank you. What did I say? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, for me it was very helpful how you taught it uh, previously where you basically you kind of start talking yourself into why you want to for your own reasons forgive the person right. some examples you used were uh, I want to forgive you so that my heart can be free right. and I want to forgive you so that I can finally put this down and I found those really helpful and I don't know thank you <laughs> thank you for that no, I appreciate it. And yeah, I, I will reiterate that for sure, is that this practice is for our heart's freedom, right? This is not to, because um, I remember when I first started it and I was thinking about, oh yeah, maybe I'll get back together with that guy now that I've forgiven him, <laughs> right? I was like, no, no, <laughs> that is not the point. <laughs> this is completely for the liberation of our own hearts, yeah, and our own minds. And it's hard, it's, it's easy to get that confused because when we start feeling freer and lighter, these people that we care about and love so much, our natural inclination is to want to pull them back, you know, and include. But again, this is, um, this is not about the other. It's really deeply about ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that I will do it again. Mm. And uh, I think the way that I get to that is year by year I improve. Mm. And year by year the people around me see me working for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I cause less pain, less often, and I try to be more joyful. And it's been over how many years yeah. uh, that my family has noticed the changes in me. Mm. That allows me to go to them and ask them to forgive me. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, if that wasn't heard, the comment was the recognition that the forgiveness of the self and then how other people that we care about around us see that the change is occurring, right? I read somewhere, it was a science manual, of course, that it takes a year, a year for other people to notice change in us because their minds are still too. You read two? Oh, no. <laughs> because their minds are still remembering that we've, 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 we have sent people to therapy, <laughs> right? Just like, and so their, heart, their, their minds are still remembering the old way. So another thing is for us to be patient. You know, if we are truly trying to change the way we're functioning in the world so that others can forgive us, we also need to be patient. Thank you for that. Yeah. 
I saw that hand and I saw that hand and then we'll be done. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I guess it depends on how evil you've been. <laughs> so for me, <laughs> for me, I did a whole year because <laughs> I just I had a I had so I had caused myself so much pain and I caused so many other people so much pain that I couldn't do anything else but right. Um. It was the only thing that made sense, especially once I found it. And it was so purifying, but I needed the time. And again, I needed to be patient with myself. And I needed my actions to show that I was really changing. So, I mean, that would be something for you, actually, to answer for yourself. Um, I think it's really valuable to do our mindfulness practice and, and a forgiveness practice together. You know, so if you're sitting 30 minutes a day doing 15-15, is really good. Um, I did my forgiveness practice every night before I went to sleep because of this, uh, <laughs> the benefits of metta, you fall asleep easier. I couldn't fall asleep because I was ruminating so much about what I'd done in the past, right? I couldn't fall asleep. Um, and I had a ton of nightmares. So, you know, you have sweet dreams. <laughs> I needed those first two right? I really needed those first two. Um, my dreams were really violent and, and not conducive to joy. So I think it'll be a self-discovery. Um, and we can see it. We can see when we lighten. We can feel it. We can feel it. We know it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that and, yeah. When you say the writings, do you mean the the Vasudhimaga? Not that not that I have read. Faith and trust. Well, faith is faith is a big part of our practice for sure. It's a different type of faith. It's not well. I don't mean to put any other traditions down. I really don't. So I I need to watch my mouth sometimes. So our faith is about the proof of what we see happening because we're practicing, right? So faith brought all of you here (laughs) because, you know, Jamaica is like (laughs) just as easy to get to as Marin, (laughs) right? So it's like, yeah, faith is what brought you here. Faith is what has gotten you to day three of this retreat. Faith is what continues us seeing the the benefits of the practice. That's what we call faith in 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 Buddhism for the most part. Um, I don't know if it's in the Vasudhimaga. I know that it's in the I know that it's in the teachings. Okay, one more. <laughs> Going to have a shorter walking period. So when I arrived to the moment of the practice, where we were going to offer forgiveness to those who have harmed us, mm-hmm. I noticed that I didn't want to offer forgiveness. Yeah. It was like freedom of suffering, hormone suffering. <laughs>
So the question or the noticing was that um, when going to a person to forgive, forgiving another, it was it was very difficult. And the question is, would it be better than to just work on a being that's easier to forgive um, than a more difficult person? And I'm just gonna I'm gonna toss the question back to you. Uh, and I'm going to, what do you think? So the hope is that one day the difficult person will be easier to forgive. And in the meantime, work on forgiving the easier people. <laughs> so the, again, this is a question for each of you and all of us. I, ca- I can't really answer it for anybody, right? Um, our wisdom, how ready are we? Because this is not about cracking ourselves open and falling apart and having, you know, it's, it's not about that. It's really about easing ourselves and taking the time that it needs. And um, again, like I said, this isn't about inviting somebody back into our hearts or our homes. This is really for us. So, so kind of see for yourself, play with it a little bit. Because I... I Somebody that's really, really difficult, of course, take your time with. But also, those are the ones that keep us from feeling free, right? So if we need to take two years with somebody, then maybe that's what it takes. And we just bite off a little bit at a time. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not a believer in avoiding, Right? Because it, it shows up in our lives anyway. We can pretend that they're not there or we can pretend that, right? But it's still there. So if the opportunity arises saying, okay, I, I'm going to just work on this a little bit and this isn't for you, this is for me. So I don't know if that's helpful, but that's been my experience. So... Um, yeah, dinner's in 15 minutes, or supper, snack. Um, I hope this was valuable and useful, and um, yeah, I think it's really important and something that can hold us back from a whole lot of other practice. So please use, I'm, I'm happy to post the, some of the phrases up on the board if, if that would be helpful. I will do that. Um, you can walk with forgiveness. You can sit with forgiveness. You can sleep with forgiveness. Um, it's possible everywhere. So thank you.